Psalm 27, verses 2, 3, and 10. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Oh, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm, to fear, leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. What these three verses give us is they give us a strategy for warfare. What we see here is David working out his strategy to make war on worry. This is his strategy to deal with fears and anxieties. And if you have this, you can stand up to anything. So what is David's strategy to make war on worry? First, notice a couple things. Notice this, these verses set up all of the dangers that are surrounding him. They are dangers that are both hypothetical and actual. When evildoers assail me, though an army encamp, though war, what if? What if an army encamps around me? My heart won't fear. What if war were to rise up against me? I will be confident. Verse 2 and 3 are all hypothetical fears. These are what if, and fear flourishes in the soil of what ifs. But then verse 10 is an actual 
fear. And you can see, verse 2, it's physical threat. Verse 10, it's relational threat. And you can see the names of all the enemies. There's evildoers. There's adversaries. There's foes. There's an army. And then probably most devastating of all, there's even his own family. So you have physical threat, relational threat. Jerry Colonna in his book Reboot says there's three primal things that every human needs. We need safety. We need belonging. We need love. And here, David is in danger of losing all three. And that's how life in the world is. Even at the best of times, there's this steady rumble of panic just underneath our feet. We feel we could lose these things. We live in an age, even in the best of times, of ambient anxiety. It's the background music that we all hear. But here, we get David's strategy for dealing with those fears and anxieties. Even if all this happens, my heart shall not fear. I will be confident. The Lord will take me in. So notice a couple things about his strategy. Notice what he doesn't do. Now, David was a warrior. He doesn't respond, oh, evildoers, you want to assail me? An army, you want to fight against me? You want to rise up against me? Bring it on, big boys. Do you know who I am? I am the king. Saul killed his thousands, but I, David, have killed my ten thousands. You want some of this? You bring it on. I strike hard. I strike first. No mercy, sir. That's not his strategy. Not a one that's bloodthirsty. One of our natural tendencies when danger arises is to fight, to jump right in the ring and fight. And that can be good, I guess, until you meet someone who loves to fight just as much as you do and is bigger and stronger than you are. And it can leave you utterly exhausted. But the second strategy that he doesn't do is to flee. And there's multiple ways we can run from fear. We can become cynical. We can give ourselves over to despair. We can give up so that we, we don't trust. We don't care. We close ourselves off. We conceal. Don't feel. Don't let it show. But neither of these strategies will bring you to a place where your heart will not fear. And you can be confident because you know that the Lord will take you in. See, the key idea of these verses is that life is war and we need a strategy to deal with it. But our problem is that we're fallen, we're weak, we can't fight this enemy on our own. If a true army were to encamp against us, we can't destroy them on our own. We need a champion who will go before us who will fight for us, who will protect us. You know, verse 3 sets up the worst-case scenario for David and the citizens of Jerusalem, an invading army encamping against them. And for your average citizen, if if you're suffering under a siege, you can't defeat that on your own. Your only hope is in the power of the king and his army to protect you. Several years ago when our oldest daughter was about three or four, she was really struggling with fear and sleeping at night and really anxious that someone was going to break into our house and and hurt her and she would often uh, come crying and I would hold her and it was only as I would hold her that she would rest because just intuitively she knew that if some strong evil intruder were to invade 
and to attack her, her only hope was to cling to her daddy. Now, whether her hopes were justified or not is another story, but if you're your average Jerusalem citizen, in this time, your only hope is to cling to your king. You have to have a champion, and the glory of the gospel is that we have one greater than David to cling to. We have one who's gone before us into the heart of darkness, who's gone out into the wild and slain the dragon of death and despair that seeks to overcome us. We have stronger, more everlasting arms that we can lean on. And it's only as we lean on those everlasting arms that our heart can truly rest. And we can say, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. No matter what hypothetical I can imagine, I will be confident. No matter what has actually happened, even if, worst case scenario, I know that in the end, the Lord will take me in. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. Here below, praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.